the Gun Dog Notebook podcast is presented to you by Onyx Hunt, crafted to be the number one digital mapping resource for hunters, anglers, and landowners. Download the Onyx Hunt app from your phone's app store today and use my promo code GDN20 for 20% off your Onyx subscription. Gundog Notebook Podcast is also brought to you by my favorite, Ukanuba Sporting Dog. Being a part of Team Ukanuba has just really, really afforded me and my dogs lots of hunts, long hunts, plenty of time in the field, and a healthy coat. They're all just looking awesome. They'll let you know that when it comes to the dog world, sporting dogs are at the tip of the sphere and they train daily, perform in the field seasonally, run field trials regularly, and are motivated to excel always. All you can do with brand dog foods are made from the high quality animal protein that help build lean muscle, and DHA is added to support healthy brain function. A customized blend of carbohydrates supplies powerful long-lasting energy each nutrient that Yukonuba includes helps fuel a dog's body mind and energy lastly the specific combination of nutrients in each Yukonuba formula is scientifically optimized for the dogs with different activity levels ages and sizes so guys go check out Yukonuba sporting dog today and get yourself with a bag of the 3020 performance formula also, I want to thank my affiliates, Lion Country Supply and Garmin Fish and Hunt for a wonderful set of dog training supplies to fuel your everyday training needs. Visit Lion Country Supply and Garmin today and go get yourself the Garmin Pro 550 Plus electronic collar along with a good check cord, pinch collar, and any, anything else you need for your dog training needs. Lastly, I want to encourage you guys to go to projectupland.com and subscribe to the Project Upland magazine. Why? Because next issue, I'm going to be on the cover. We're going to be talking about the Black Handler Trial, known as Georgia, Florida Shooting Dog Handlers Club. I'll be running there next year. So hopefully, y'all will check it out and, you know, I might, I might get my, myself a good old little placement. Um, but no, seriously, man, I, I want to encourage you guys to sign up for the project upland magazine now um go ahead and get the next issue get the upcoming one that is uh got my article spirit of the noonday sun in it as well along with so many other great uh articles and essays so check out project upland magazine project upland podcast and everything northwoods collective related all right guys stay tuned for the podcast episode To another episode of the Gun Dog Notebook podcast. This is officially episode 100, guys. Um, you know, I wanted to title this episode "Do Good Work," um, more of a, a a directive and and a statement than you know just something that was you know kind of catchy or 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 kind of funny or whatever kind of crazy meanings that I, you know, come up with or, or pull from the episodes, but I really wanted to use episode 100 as a, a, a huge thank you. Number one, um, a, a huge thank you to everybody that's listened new and old, everybody that's been here since episode one. Um, and also everybody that has been here, 
um, you know, recently, you know, I get a lot of guests that are coming on recently and they're like, hey, you know, I, I, they either started backwards and are, you know, from the, mo- the most recent published episode and they work their way backwards or they start. I've had a few people start from episode one, which still blows my mind, um, you know, or episode. It might be episode four. I don't even know if I have episode one still up. Um, I'll try to get that <laughs> up at some point in time. But. You know, there's just a few things that I wanted to kind of recap, um, you know, in 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 true gun dog notebook fashion. This one here is is just from me to you, you know, no guests, no anything um, in the most figurative, you know, or conceptual uh, standpoint. I will reference people that you know, I'd look up to or, or, or the guests, you know, I've got some, some audio that I had not used and didn't know what to use beforehand, um, from Farrell Miller that I hope, uh, works out in this episode. Um, I hope it's clear cause I wasn't sitting right up on him when I recorded it. Um, it was from a seminar at the, uh, world-class, uh, the, uh, world-class hunting expo last year in Kansas in Pittsburgh, Kansas. Um, in the the scope of 100 episodes that has been about three three and a half years worth of podcasting um you know other sometimes more consistent than others um and as i've grown and and obviously garnered sponsorships and you know more responsibility um it's it's it, it has become what I would have never imagined it being. Um, And that is a podcast that has now grown beyond just me chatting on a microphone and talking about the development of my dogs, which has always been at the core of who I am and what I've been doing, you know, but I'm just so appreciative that so many people have been moved and motivated and have reached out to me to tell me this, um, you know, and that, that's the thing that keeps me going. Um, truth be told, it took me a while to publish this episode. Um, it took me a minute because, you know, not because I didn't want to or anything like that, or, or was being lazy or procrastinating, you know, nothing like that. What took me so long was to really craft my thoughts. Um, to really, you know, craft my thoughts and piece them together um, for something that I thought would be meaningful um, and give you guys a little bit about what's in my head and what's in, you know, some of these, uh, some of these, the, these gun dog notebooks that I have. Um, so, you know, I don't want to hold you too long, but there's a few things that I do, you know, kind of want to go through and, and, and reference one other thing that's that's you know coming up i i know uh backcountry hunters and anglers land tony um jason meekoff like those guys have been really 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 cool dudes i'm so, i was so glad to meet them at the uh, muster in the mountains event and because of that my daughter is actually um a lifetime member of backcountry hunters and anglers um you know courtesy of another um BHA member that just was, you know, excited to, um, speak with me. And I was just excited to speak with him. And I guess we, 
we had some conversations at that event and um land called me you know shortly thereafter and uh next thing you know he, he had an offer to to have august as a uh, life member so that's just such a cool thing um but i really want to thank bha um for doing what they do and because of that um they reached out to me um to be a part of their uh virtual rendezvous so of course you know we're all stuck in this whole pandemic covid19 thing i know i'm sure every podcast has talked about it and stuff like that but bha has um a virtual event coming uh june 1st through the 6th um and it's a virtual virtual rendezvous some of the folks that'll be there randy newberg clay newcomb ryan callahan uh Hillary Hutchison, Mark Kenyon, myself, uh, Remy Warren, uh, Mark Healy, Kelly Gallup, uh, Shane Mahoney, Ben O'Brien, and Hal Herring, um, all just major influencers in the game. And so I'm, I'm, I was so surprised and shocked that they would ask me to be a part of it. Um, but anyway, um, I have a little 10 minute segment that I actually filmed and edited myself <laughs> i'm not saying it's hollywood i ain't saying it's steven spielberg but it kind of gives you guys a little bit of an idea um as to you know how i'm spending the uh the the uh social distancing time the quarantine time and all of that stuff because we are still the state of georgia is opening up but i just still don't think it's a good idea to, to just be out there like that but anyway um check out the backcountry hunters and anglers um, virtual rendezvous event June 1st through the 6th um, more details will come out there check the BHA Instagram page Facebook page website all of that stuff um, my next thing guys and this is this is the really 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 cool part of living life you know and and, and doing good work well Ashley is pregnant again <laughs> that did not take long um Ashley is pregnant again with my second child. Um, as many of y'all know, August was born, you know, uh, last year, August 22nd, matter of fact, um, 2019. And we found out that Ashley was pregnant shortly thereafter. This time I have a son. Um, his name will be Avery Charles. Um, and I'm excited. You know, I, I hope and pray that both of my kids are are you know, captivated by bird dogs and stuff like that. I mean, we ain't gonna have nothing else around here anyway. But I I do hope that both of my kids want to be involved in what it is that I do. But, you know, now that I've got a son, there is that piece of me that's like, man, I hope he'll be a dog man one day, you know? So that's the big uh, thing that I've, I've been, you know, kind of sitting on. Um, you know, some of my closest friends and stuff like that knew, um, and, and I've kind of alluded to it here and there and so on and so forth, but you know, that's, that's, I got two, you know, I got one coming, um, you know, later on this year and, and, and one already August took her first steps today. Matter of fact, she walked today. I, I wasn't at the house. I was, um, I was, I, I was roading my dog off my bike um, I was roading Vegas off my bike and I got a text message in, in our family group chat saying that 
August took her first uh, steps today walking. And uh, that's a big deal. You know, life is definitely turning over for, for us in the Smith household. So, you know, I hope that my children do listen to this episode um, whenever they, you know, if, if they ever come around to it and get this far into listening to me talk. Um, I hope they listen to this episode and and take some of the things that I wrote down and some of the things that I, I just think about and apply them um, to their own lives. You know, um, I hope what I say on here can translate more than just to the bird dogs. Um, you know, I'm not a fisherman. I would like to be. I want to get into fly fishing one day. Um I even built myself a little knickknack fly rod just because I was bored, whatever. And I'm going to actually take it out and see if it works Um, or just a fishing rod, just a long cane pole. But anyway, um, I say that to say I was watching the Patagonia um, film that was called uh, Pescatore Completo. It's in Italian, but it means the complete fisherman. And um, the people that are in it are um, my one of my favorite guys in the world, um, Yvonne Chouinard, founder of Patagonia, and Arturo uh, Pugno. And uh, they're talking about the uh, the the Tinkara method of, of of fly fishing. It's a very 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 like simplified form. It's it's centuries old um but they get into it and there were a lot of things that i pulled out of that particular um film that i kind of want to integrate into my discussion here just some of the the themes um you know and 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 kind of round us up with some of the things that i i like that yvonne chouinard um, says some of the, the, the I mean if we're going to talk about simplicity um, I took some of the simplest but most meaningful quotes and, and I want to end the podcast on that um, just to kind of give you guys a ballpark but like I said man I, the fact that I was able to do some of the, the do a lot of the things that I've been able to do through this podcast is just amazing I never would have imagined that I'd have been on stage in Thomasville Georgia and one of my one of my favorite cities in the world, um, giving a bird dog demonstration and, and a seminar was a bit more philosophical than it was technical, you know. And 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 it and everything worked out, you know. Um, I will say, you know, pardon me for those that aren't that into the whole spiritual thing, and I don't want to get too preachy, but I do have, you know, God's hand is on over my life and I, and I don't take that for granted. It's over my family's life. His hand is over my family's life and I'm looking forward to many more years of just being blessed, man, being happy and being blessed um, and continuing to work hard and do good work. So with that being said, I want to, um, you know, just kind of transition over uh, into the next set of thoughts and things like that. So, you know, just bear with me for a second. All right, guys, I hope you guys um, enjoyed that. That was Chopin at two number 13 in a flat major. 
Um, I just thought it was kind of appropriate for the for the 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 me spilling my heart out about it, I guess. But anyway, um, the next thing that I have for you guys, I want to, you know, kind of start with a um a, a a piece of scripture that I uh, that just really really sticks out to me um, in terms of the theme of this particular podcast episode, and it comes from First um, Thessalonians four. Uh, chapter four, verses 11 and 12. Um, and, and like I said, I don't want to get too churchy on you, but I, I do believe in, you know, having faith and so on and so forth. So um, what it says is make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. Uh, you should mind your own business and work with your hands. Just as we told you, uh, verse 12 goes so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. Um, and that, that, that verse just really, really sticks out to me um, for a number of different reasons. Um, you know, and, and, I'll, and I'll break it down to you. So bird dogs is an art like it. I'm an artist. That is my career. That is my profession. That is everything that I've been before I got into bird dogs Um, is being an artist and and understanding that and understanding a hands on approach. Well, if we're going to call it art, it, 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 it goes into creation and with creation, we do have to work with our hands and, and, and working bird dogs is the literal act of working with your hands. Now you can do that good or you can do it bad. Um, you know, having your hands on your dog can be the greatest thing in the world for them. And I've learned that over the years, especially with Vegas. Now um, that's kind of the reason why I do so much barrel training. I mean, everybody's got a, opinion on how to train a dog and, and this ain't I don't I'm not really interested in getting into that um and actually with my podcast um truthfully I've been I've become less interested in talking about how so much is more interested in talking about the why and then the how you know the the why is what makes the how even relevant um so working with your hands and, 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 and having a hands-on approach with anything that you do, I mean, with my lab, it was the same way, but I think that, that it, it's, it's almost like God gave us two of everything that we needed the most of, you know, we got, you know, two eyes, two ears, two hands, two feet, um, held two nostrils and we got one mouth. We got one mouth and, 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 and to have one mouth is a signal for me. I mean, it honestly means do less talking figuratively and, and, and literally, but working with your hands, you got two hands for a reason, you know, for me, every, you know, everything seems to be about duality almost, you know, building up a bird dog, but for me also, um, you know, building up, um, building up the gun dog notebook as a, as a business, as a, as a life goal, as a project, um, as, as everything that I've been working hard for, you know, Ashley and I 
were talking the other day and I, I told her, I was like, you know, I started a couple of businesses um, before this and, and this I wasn't even anticipating on being an actual functioning, running, you know, legal business. You know, and I made a post the other day because um, my granddad gave me um, a, uh, a, a my mom's owner's badge for um, Cheyenne's Greek specialty. And that was her Greek paraphernalia business. Um, she's, you know, in a sorority, Alpha Kappa Alpha. My wife is so on and so forth. But that was, you know, one of the, the many great things that she did before she passed. And I'll just kind of you know, go over, uh, what it was that I said in that post, because I, I kind of just want to reiterate it, but you know, in that it was a photo and I said, honestly, I wish my mom was here to see the gun dog notebook. My granddaddy and I were talking about her and my grandmama, Diana, uh, Diane today. Um, my mama, his name was Chandra built herself up and, and, and got herself out of the hood. Um, I hate to sound so dang cliche, but she really did get out of a crazy situation got an education, worked hard, secured a very good job at Morehouse College um, and continued to develop herself even as she stuck, um, as, even as she got sick with breast cancer. Um, I was in third grade at the time when that when when that started. Um, she passed when I was in sixth grade. Um, she was an AKA Alpha Kappa Alpha and and was a dedicated active member of the sorority and, and use her influence to start her Greek paraphernalia business, Cheyenne's Greek specialty. Um, this was the driving motivation for me to make the most out of the gun dog notebook, to do the absolute best that you possibly can with the resources that you have. And that last statement right there, um, you know, is, is very, very, very important. There's more in that post, but I kind of want to stop there because I really, want to stress, you know, to everybody, like do with what you have, you know, working with your hands that, that, you know, Joe Plody, we talk about this all the time, but there's really uh, maybe two or three necessary tools to train a dog, a check cord and a pinch collar. My third tool is always a, a good e-collar. Um, I'm, I swear by the Garmin Pro 550 plus. And I, and I always will, very likely, unless they can make that in a better form. But I'm going to stick with that. And to me, you know, going back to simplicity and, and Yvonne Schwinard, um talking about that, like <sighs> working with your hands is, is the ultimate form of simplicity. It, it, one of, you know, one way to talk about the ultimate form of simplicity, you know, you're not you're you're having to get in the situation with the dog you know you're and 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 that's been my experience thus far with the two that i I, i've had and even with my pit bulls beforehand like (laughs) it was still the same thing and i didn't even know anything about dog training and you know social media this and that i was doing all of that stuff you know just by by the 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 strength of my own mind and I and I and I do want to kind of go into that a little bit when I had my pit bulls you know that was a great time um in my life as as far as understanding dogs um 
I messed up a lot, man. Like just looking back at what I did then as far as just communication and, and getting a dog to to read me and me read them. I was I was nothing like what I am today. But what it was is me trying to figure that stuff out without the assistance of other people. And I and I, I absolutely swear by assistance, but I do think that there is strength in sitting down taking the time and figuring out the dog with your own hands. It There's so much social media out there and there's a book for everything in the world. But like at the end of the day, you still got to sit down and, and figure that stuff out. Um, So that was kind of one of my things. But then going back to first Thessalonians uh, chapter four, uh, 11 and 12, my next part of that, breaking that down was was the piece that said mind your own business um and i just want to say be grateful for who you are and and what you have and your team you know my team is is me my wife ruger in vegas you know as far as team gun dog notebook um that has it's been us thus far you know, trying to make this happen. And, and she, you know, Ashley's been monumental in, in keeping me on track and editing this and, and making suggestions here and there, even with dog training stuff. She, you know, she, she doesn't do that, but she's made suggestions just based off of observation. And she was right about a lot of stuff. Um, but what I do want to stress to everybody in this dog thing, like stay in your own lane, Mind your own business. It's all right to have an opinion. It is definitely our everybody got an opinion. But keep one of them. <laughs> keep one one opinion and, and listen and and you know, speak to the right people, but at the end of the day, you know. I'll say it a hundred times. I'll say it again. My grandma always used to say, sweep off your own porch. And that's something that I've just actively been trying to remember to tell myself, um, you know, as I've learned and grown into this dog thing, I am nobody's professional trainer and quite frankly, don't want to be. Um, there's a lot more responsibility than I just really, really, really want to sign up for. I like my own dogs and, and, and that's about cool with me. But the thing about this bird dog thing, man, if I'm being honest in the last few years, I've seen everybody focused on everybody else's business, but what about your dog, man? Like, and that's just me being blunt. Like what about your dog? You know, I, I, I keep my head, kind of wrapped around this podcast thing because it gives me focus. You know, it, it gives me something to aspire to. And I can't do that if I'm worrying about everything else going on around me that's not going to benefit, you know, my own agenda with my dogs. Um, And so that's just something that, that I want to think about. And that's been the thing, you know, that, sweeping off my own porch like that's been one of the driving factors that I think has afforded me some of the the, the blessings that have come my way and I, and I just want to speak that out and and say 
how grateful I am to be able to have that discernment. And I want to encourage people, you know, with my platform um, to do the same thing. I don't, you know, I, I, I don't want to say that I'm, you know, that I'm always right or anything, but I think at this point, you know, a hundred episodes in and with the reach that I've gotten and worked hard for, I do want to be a role model for people and, 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 and say like, uh, you know, focus on what's important, you know, um, and we all get sidetracked, but that's what the dog work is here for to, to stay in, in the zone. Um, you know, it doesn't help anyone to tear folks down. You know, everybody's a great dog trainer. Everybody's an expert dog trainer. And that's all well and good until the dogs hit the ground. And then what? The dogs will tell on you. You know, and if, if people are out to do that, man, we, we just got to stop and, and, and build ourselves up as a community. You know, people reach people have reached out to me a ton for, you know, conversations and dialogue about, you know, what to do with their dogs. And I'm, I, I'm nobody's pro trainer. I hope it works, but I'm always willing to share that information um, because there are great folks that have done that to me. I'm going to keep shouting out Joe Plody, like, a great deal of my training materials and, and knowledge has come from him among a lot of other people, but just the day-to-day dialogue and conversation, Paul cook another one, the, the day-to-day dialogue about what I know about field trials, you know, and recently it's been steeple bell, you know, as far as the history and things like that, um, you know, bud Moore being available for a phone call, and, and, and Neil Carter, you know, welcoming me down to his house and, and me being a part of the Georgia, Florida, um, shooting dog handlers club, all of that, all of those people, um, and, 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 and a few others, Lauren Gwynn, I'm going to shout out my friends and things like that, but you know, <laughs> I'm, I guess I'm just saying like all of these people have been monumental to me because of the fact that they did take the time to pick up the phone and they did take the time to, you know, help me out or get me in check when I was falling short and things like that. And I'm blessed to say that, you know, I got a dog that, you know, performs nicely, you know, on birds. I'm proud of them. Vegas. I got Ruger who is literally the foundation of everything that I'm, I've been doing up to this point. Um, and so I, I just hope that we have more people in this particular um, community like that. I hope to be that for someone one day. Um, if I can afford somebody good, positive information, hey, I hope I can do that for somebody. Um, so, you know, that's that's just kind of where I I took that verse, but overall that verse is, is the, the example of what I mean, do good work, you know, um, stick to your guns, wake up every day with a new set of goals. Um, so I also had this old audio from, 
the World Class Hunting Expo that I did not know what to do with. I wasn't sure if I even wanted to use it because it's 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 pretty bad. I'm not gonna lie. Like it, it and it's not bad because of any other reason other than I just wasn't sitting close enough to Mr. Farrell Miller. Um, nor did I have a, a, a microphone next to him. You know, I recorded the episode with him, Bud Moore and Harold Ray after, you know, his uh, seminar. And of course, I was right there up on him then. Well, I want to kind of run you guys through some of the audio and have a dialogue about that. Um, and, and just kind of let you guys know some of my thoughts on, you know, what what Mr. Farrell Miller means to me. He's a trainer that I just really, really look up to um, on the competitive side of things. I mean, he is just a competitor. And there's a reason why his dogs keep speaking for themselves. So with that being said, guys, I want to hear here's some of that audio that I, I, I uh, saved um, I hope you can hear it. I hope it's clear. Um, you may have to turn up your volume. I don't know. You may have to kind of fiddle with it, but I'll try to clean it up. Um, and I have tried to clean up the audio as best as possible. So stay tuned for that, guys. All right. Before we even get into that, though, guys, I want to just give you all a little, little reminder, a little beat. You know, when we talk about practicing like we play, doing good work, guys, the folks at Onyx, they're doing good work. Use the app, scout your territory, scout your lands, public lands, so on and so forth, and use my promo code GDN20 for 20% off a subscription for next season. All right, guys, here you go with Pharaoh Miller. And they don't have a job when they get home from school. 
I've always been taught, and I believe it, and I know he does. Idle is a devil's workshop. So I want to talk about that um, just in brief. You know, I posted that particular um, piece. I, I really enjoyed it because as a school teacher, I mean, and even not even just as a school teacher, but I um, growing up, you know, I've always been involved in sports and I was always doing something else other than just waking up, going to school and coming back home. And I, and I think that really means a lot. You know, when I get off work, I come home and, you know, before I had kids, I come home and, and, and hang out with my wife and, and, uh, you know, get to dog training, you know, get to learning my dog, get to writing and things like that. Um, now it, it's, it's a bit different. I come home, I, you know, try to, um, get to my dogs, you know, a little early before the sun goes down or, or before I can, you know, when it's reasonable and then come in and spend time with my family, with my daughter, with, you know, soon with my son. And it, it seems to me that Mr. Miller was the great role model that I would like to be for my, uh, my kids, you know, and it seems to me like his father was also, the one that set him on the, the right track. And I, and I want to do that with my kids. You know, it's not just about bird dogs. You know, I want to make sure that even when they, you know, come up and they'll see me going outside working with dogs and things like that, that they, they understand what it is that I'm doing and, and the importance of it, the importance of doing good work and being dedicated to it and, and, and not having an idle mind and, and always thinking, you know, so that's kind of where I went with that with, with Mr. Farrell Miller. So check this clip out right here. What if I decided to run the marathon tomorrow? I'd run about a four pure death here. Jordan Parker, sign out there and call them on my face, embarrassed. That's the way so many people go through. And then they come home dissatisfied, blaming the judges, blaming the time of day, no birds. They had not made proper preparation like her way. heard it from the best I mean that's one thing that has also been the driving force behind even writing you know not even podcasting writing the gun dog notebooks um 
you know, I sit here now, I think I got about four of them at this point in time, just, you know, and, and my style and, and handwriting and script and way of talking and, you know, things like that. But it's about preparation. That's the whole thing that I want to, you know, drive home to everybody in this, in this episode, when you write it down, you know, Bud Moore said it best when you write it down, that's when it comes to life. If you never wrote it, it didn't exist. You, you have to dedicate yourself to the process. And that's something that I know I, I've done, you know, before I go into a hunting season, I do whatever it is that I got to do before I go in now going into a guidance season and then going into the field trial season. I don't, you know, every, like I said, it's not about what training method you use. It's about using one, sticking to it and committing yourself to it for the duration of however long it, it needs to be. And I definitely don't want to go into a season underprepared. You know, I, I, Barrel and no barrel, you know, um, uh, check cords, all of that, all of that stuff doesn't mean anything if you're not using it to prepare yourself, you know, and we're talking about one of the most winningest handlers and, you know, winningest producers in the field trial bird dog game. And his whole thing is preparation when I hear stories about Farrell Miller, you know, leaving a trial and coming to a, when the trial is over, he's rodent dogs. He, and, and I want to be that kind of trainer and doing the most with what you got. I don't have an ATV. Um, I live in the suburbs. I don't own a whole bunch of land and property and all of that, but I'm, you best believe I'm going to put my mind to making what I got work. You know, today was an example of that. I, I just started rolling my dog off my bike and it was actually very successful. You know, I got a bike attachment that could hook up uh, uh, like paracord um, or bungee cord to um, Vegas's uh, harness. I'm using an L- Lion Country Supply um, deluxe padded harness and. We got in two miles today just as a as a as a little warm up. But I got to make sure this joker is ready for, you know, hour long stakes and things like that in trials. And even with guiding, I got to be sure that he can he can run all day. You know, and that was something that I know. I would have liked to see him do last season guiding, if I'm being honest, I mean, you know, half a day's hunt was fine, but a, a full day's hunt, you know, split in the in the in the two halves. Vegas be pooped, Ruger be pooped. So I got work to do on my my own. But it's about preparation. You can't be mad at nobody but yourself if you didn't go out there and prepare. It's not a dog's fault. It's not any. No, you didn't go out there and prepare. Yeah, your dog might have busted birds and things like that. Yeah, no, it's still your fault. Because there was something about the situation that you did not read. And I'm just not one to call on luck or, or you know, the lack thereof. I still think that at the end of the day, it is up to you when there's a failure to go figure it out. Take the blame because your dog doesn't know any better. Even if he did know, know better, he still went and, and, and 
went against whatever it was that you were trying to, to, to get done. You know, I've, I've taken a much more critical stance on myself um, as I work my dogs and I just don't want to be on the short end of the stick, man. You can't be a competitor and, and, and be on a short end of the stick. And that's just real. Um, so that's just what I took from that Pharaoh Miller clip. I want to go ahead and, and kind of run it, run a, a little bit more for you, um, for something for you guys to think about. So, you know, what I took from that was was number one, as far as the first part of that was surround yourself by good trainers um, and sur- surround yourself. This is why we have the community. Go visit people's kennels. Go offer to help when you can. Um, but surround yourself with trainers that are in the in the in the game and doing what you aspire to do. There's a lot of good to learn from them. And and sometimes there's a lot of bad to learn from them that you can take back home and say, oh, I ain't really too much like it like that. There's still value in that. So, you know, go visit these places. Do it when you when you can. I, I want to visit so many kennels at this point in time right now. But as it stands, I. uh I got a, you know, I got two two kids right now, so my, you know, getting around and traveling a lot and stuff like that is kind of off the books for me, um, in a major form as far as this year. But then, uh, 
you know, going forward, I'm still just going to pick up where I left off. I got a list of places that I want to go and visit and and I'm going to make that happen because that's just the journey that I want to be on. And I want to have those recorded and documented. So then when I do pass my notebooks on to my kids and they read it, they can, they can sit and say, okay, dad went here and he learned this. And, and, and it just be very, very specific. Now, the second part of that is, is, is on puppies, man. Like I, I, you know, I, I learned a lot from Pharaoh Miller's seminar um, and just even being around that. But like, we just got to keep in mind if it's not in your mind or, or, or you need a, a mental refresher. Um, don't fall in love with the puppy, man. Fall in love with the potential and the ability. That's what we're here for. That's what we're getting. They, they can be as cute as you want them to be, but if they don't perform, then what do you have? That's why I want to stress working to find wild birds, places for wild birds, because that to me is going to be the absolute ultimate response. You know, I'm looking at getting a setter and I'm, my fingers crossed that I get it from Paul Cook of Alder Fork English setters. I, my fingers are crossed that, you know, that that happens. And I, I know for a fact, Paul is is an advocate for ability. He's, you know, we've been talking about it because we want to find the right dog with the right kind of ability. And when he calls me and says, hey, come get this pup, I'm, I'm on the road to doing it. You know, and, and I'm not going to even lie. I have my very shallow parts of getting a dog. I mean, I like certain pointers, certain types of pointers. I like lemon and white pointers. I like yellow. I'm sorry, I like orange and white pointers. Vegas orange and white. But the color and all of that stuff and all it's at least of my concerns. What I wanted to do, I'm a big fan of LHU dogs. Very, very big fan because of the performance or what's you know what Robert Whaley worked so hard to create. And Vegas still very much so identifies with the characteristics that I've read about. And, you know, I'd like to say I'm, I'm very proud of my dog for that. And I will continue to be an, an L. Hugh Kennels supporter and a, and a fan. So, you know, that's kind of that part of, of what it was. I just want to re- refocus on not, you know, oh, I got this many birds and this and that. No, what did your dogs look like? So think about that. I also want to just end this segment of the podcast. And again, I, I apologize if the audio is not as clear as as the rest of this episode, more or less. And I, I just think if you guys sit with this and, and maybe give it a couple of times to really try to break up Farrell Miller's um, words, uh, you know, I hope that you'll be able to pull out the gold that 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 is embedded in all of this stuff. Um, after Farrell Miller, um, I do want to kind of bring in um, my favorite book, Snakefoot um, by Robert Whaley. But we'll finish up with Farrell Miller and then we'll transition over to that. Stay tuned.
really turns me on. Oh, that dog can run with that tail, cracking tail, and go to them birds like this. Man, it'll make you lay the newspaper down, turn the TV off, and hurry home at night and eat supper late. That's what a good dog Now, when I was growing up, I started that walk over. Nearly everybody had bird dogs, and they had a horn sound a lot of times. And they told they told me that they had a a trailer and a wind. Well, growing up, I just assumed that was right. I started working some big green birds and I saw a dog trail that night. Bird sitting right here. I see that bird walked around here. I see trail out there. I just right. Never knew that live bird sitting there beside the tree. Now, I can't explain. I don't know. But I can tell you for sure that a poor nosed dog can smell grand scent better than can box scent. I don't know why. So many times we stood and waited on that little trailer dog. He might trail up the country, but he will bump a lot of the time. And I've seen hammers. A dog would point here, and he, he wouldn't go out here and look at his eyes and nose, like Harold said, and go out there and find that flush first. He'd start flushing his flush all over the country out here. He, he and the dog both used. There was bird somewhere in the area, but he didn't know for sure where this happened. Now, I'll tell you something. I don't get no fun out of watching dog trail around like a hawk. I won't see him get that nose up and go to them birds out there. And I, when I get off that horse, I want to get in front of that dog's nose and bless them birds. I'm a competitor. My nature is I told you. I, I played to win. If winning wasn't important, it wouldn't have school boards or judges. Now I don't mean I'm going to hook your cricket. I'm just going to be better prepared than you. Now, I'm going to brag just a little bit. And I don't mean to brag. I just mean to put that Miller Silver Bullet has 100 wings. 100. True Spirit at 93. Plus the National Championship. Plus the Tennessee State Championship. Plus the Missouri Championship. And on and on. Now, that's the kind of dog that will make you get out of work. They make people improve. But I like them, and I still like them. Winning is not everything, but the desire to win is. Now, I'm a great Kentucky basketball fan. And I won't tell you. Oh, that's the 
So that is the last of, of some of the audio from Pharaoh Miller that I I had for a long time. And, you know, I, I, I pray that I've represented, um, you know, his, his thoughts and ideals, um, accurately and effectively, um, you know, because he's, he really is someone that I, I just look up to as far as, um, being a field trial champion, knowing the dogs and, really doing what it takes to get out there and, and see the best performance, um, you know, in his dogs and, you know, his records speak for himself, but, you know, that's another thing, you know, that we have to be cognizant of is, is the development of these dogs. And, and it also goes into, you know, keeping habitat and, and all of that stuff well kept. Um, what I mean by that is um I'm 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 just gonna put it flat out. You know, I I I'd seen a few statements here and there and was like, oh well, you know, preservation isn't conservation and, and that's fine, you know, but for me, I can take a, a, a puppy, kill a few birds over here and there, but really save my time out in the woods by going and finding wild birds and getting him as exposed as, as, as well exposed as possible in his first year, not have the added pressure of trying to kill birds and later on creating a gun shy dog because I shot over too early. Um, you know, I can, I can sit and enjoy nature, watch my dog develop, um, and get him exposed to opportunity. So when Farrell Miller was talking about preparation, you know, the, the exposure to opportunity and, you know, the, 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 they're just these little things that, that make gateways to success. 
and in the bird dog world, I, I, I want to be an advocate for, you know, the preservation of wild birds and, and conservation of our habitat. I do. You know, I, I've got spots down here in Georgia where every time I get a new dog, I know for a fact I'm going to let that dog go and knock and flush, you know, wild birds until it decides it wants to point um, and, and learning the game. And I and I take pride in doing that. You know, I, I'm, I'm so glad that I figured out how to get my dog exposed um, to these sacred places um, in, in the in the, the, the short amount of time that I have been, you know, raising and training my own dogs and, and doing this podcast. So I just really want to kind of throw out a bunch of different ideas and it still all goes back to simplicity. So there was another um, article in the American field that was um, published in at the end of Snakefoot. Um, the Making of a Champion, written by Robert Whaley. And it's a story called This Old Tree. Um, and like I said, it was, it was published in March 1991. And I just kind of want to read a certain piece of it um, just to kind of give you guys a little bit more of, of where my mind um, is at. And so in it, you know, Whaley goes, um, at a time when most people of the world have discovered peace, and are learning to live in a democratic society, is it not time we give up our primitive behavior to shoot the last grouse, catch the last trout, and kill the last wolf? Will our next generation look upon us for destroying our wildlife as we look upon those that performed the Trail of Tears? Would life not be better if we enjoyed the presence of grouse with a fine bird dog and watched it fly off to reproduce and be enjoyed again and again, or should we put a stop to all this splendid forever, splendor forever? This is a decision each one of us must make. The true essence of this great sport of bird dogs is not the killing of the game, but the pursuit of it. It is the enjoyment of watching a finely bred, carefully honed pointer perform his artful skills, proudly displaying his centuries of inheritance of all these grand qualities. So, you know, that's something that just really, really, really stuck out to me. Um, just that little excerpt and the article, and it just really identifies, you know, my thought process and, and, and standard of, 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 of hunting really. You know, I talked to my buddy, um, Lauren Gwynn, and, and, and she's very similar in, in that, you know, she does a lot of photography of her dogs pointing wild birds. And, and I think that's that's really, really, really an amazing thing when you see it. I, I just don't want everything to be shoot up, shoot up, shoot up birds. You know, and field trialing to me is, is a representation of keeping the highest standard of, of what it is that you're doing and showing the work that you're putting in. You know, I'm, I, there are so many coveys of birds out there and, and there, there are great years for some and, and down years for others, but even getting on one and seeing your dog, just seeing the wheels turn and a light bulb click, that is what we're looking for. You know, I, 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 I probably drive my wife up the wall about performance, performance, performance and getting Vegas to look this way and getting Ruger to, 
you know, um, maintain his composure while I do things. And, and I like to switch things up and have conversations about the different ways that we get, I mean, just premier performance out of our dogs and everybody does it a different kind of way. So I just want to just end on in the podcast on that note. I mean, I hope you guys really, really enjoyed, um, you know, what it is, what it is that I, I, I've kind of jotted down. Um, I want to make sure that, uh, you know, I covered kind of all the things. So I guess in summary, I've got a last, uh, a, a few lasting thoughts that I want to end the podcast on. And, and it was just something that I wrote um, coming out of my notebook um, and just developing it. And, and like I said, I hope that people feel me on this or, 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 and I would love to have a conversation about, you know, any of this stuff that I've, I've written and, and I hope you guys enjoy it. So last thing that I wrote was um, in regards to living a quiet life, I will tell you that I was a bit of a hellion for much of my late teens and into my twenties. It took me a long time to get my life on track and it seems that things started looking up when my wife and I started dating. She encouraged me to pursue my goals with the bird dogs all to say this aspect of my life was what brought back my focus, sticking to what matters most to me. If we consider bird dogs and art, it takes a sound and quiet mind to do good work. And it's been synonymous with my art career. I do believe in gaining respect in the bird dog community through kindness and diligence using the two ears God gave me and the two eyes and the one mouth and becoming a student of the dog that is most important practicing like you practicing like you play others will see you through your dog and its work at least those who are truly paying attention i do not believe in being dependent on any one person but believe in manifesting a community of willing learners till this day i still believe in training and keeping my hands on my own dog it's gotten to me. It's gotten me this far. You can do this by just committing yourself to learning whatever that means to you. I want to learn something every day in regards to pointers and setters and field trials and history and African-American bird dog culture. I'm still trying to learn. Nothing trumps hand on hands on experience. In my short time with bird dogs, I've been blessed beyond my own belief. I don't see that to be a coincidence, nor do I believe in, nor do I believe in coincidence. Good bird dogs aren't made with luck. It's hard work and dedication and preparation and simplicity. In regards to simplicity, all it takes is a good check cord, leather pinch collar, some leather gloves, and a reliable e-collar later on down the line. Lastly, birds, birds, and more wild birds. I spent my first two years buying every product that I thought would improve my work. I could have saved a lot of money and frustration for my wife. It just doesn't take much. Books have always been more of a, more of the icing on the cake and another way of me learning about history and what came before. Um, and so, you know, that just kind of resonated me. That was just a little excerpt from my um, my gun dog notebook. And, you know, I, I just like to to end on, 
you know, just some really, really, really thought provoking things, I guess, or, or the things that, um, you know, just kind of get me to think, um, I was listening to, um, to Yvonne Chouinard, again, one of my, my favorite people in the world. And he talks about the Polynesian navigators who traveled the ocean with no tools and just their minds. You know, there were people that were doing that with bird dogs, you know, um, and, and, what 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 I'm talking about is becoming a true observer, um, you know, and really Schwinart talks about taking in, in that uh, the complete fisherman video. They talk about taking a selfish approach to creating your best pursuit. The greatest dogmen, um, and, and this was my interpretation, but the greatest dogmen tell you little or not, or little tell you little about what they know and spend more time modeling the behavior to get you used to working it out on your own. Don't just carry out what another person has told you or you'll never become truly great. This is an art and not just the cool thing to do. So simplifying your life and, 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 and Schwinard says simplifying your life is important because so many things can pull you to be more complex. And I thought that was just a really, really, really um, compelling piece. You know, and then he goes on to say, we consider something as perfect, not when you can add more to it, but when you can't take anything away. That's just really getting down to the common denominator, you know. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of making sure I flip through my pages. Um, the conclusion of it, and I guess the overall thing, I know I've been concluding, but I, I, I get, you know, amped up on this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, Schwinard goes on to say to do good, you actually have to do something and you learn that how you got there was what's important, not what you've accomplished. And I think that's just the whole point of, of, of 100 episodes of the gun dog notebook is to document and record how I got there and, and how we got there. You know, I encourage people to write their own gun dog notebooks. And that's the point to, to sit back and look the person I was when I got picked up Ruger, the person I wasn't when I picked up Ruger at three months old was not the same person that I was when I picked up Vegas at seven weeks old. The person I am now that runs both of those dogs and, and has learned so much in between the training process is definitely not going to be the same person five years from now. You know, what are we doing to create a community that's sustainable five years from now? You know, what what at, at what point do we really think about the whole the overall picture? So anyway, guys, I uh, that's my little spiel. And I just want to say thank you to everybody that has um, listened to me up till this point. I know a few people have listened since episode one um, and and just thank you to the diverse amount of listeners and, and the diverse guests that I've had on just everybody who's 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 really spent time with me. Um, chatting. Thanks to the people that have reached out to me on social media. Um, I'm grateful that y'all asked me questions. Um, I'm nobody's expert, I, but I do like talking bird dogs. Um, and, and, you know, in another hundred episodes, we'll look back again. And another hundred after that, we'll look back again. Um, 
so guys thank y'all again um thank you to my sponsors um onyx hunt for just being so phenomenal and keeping me in the woods um you know keeping me informed on where i stand um you can sporting dog man it's just a i'm just so grateful that my dogs can eat top tier food you know and i can represent a company that that i've believed in literally since i had since i was a kid you know my grandfather was a big advocate of Yukonuba Sporting Dog or Yukonuba Dog Food. And I got a chance to be a part of a team of people that actually care, going to their facilities and and, and seeing the great things that they do. Um, you know, Onyx um, and Yukonuba were my first two major sponsors that really got on and, and said, hey, look, we support you and we want to get down with what you're doing and, and made it worthwhile made the representation worthwhile. Um, Lion Country Supply, the guys there supporting me and, and and like I said, catching me in a time of need and always, you know, being just good friends, having a great casual conversation. Eric Munden has been the pioneer for that. Um, you know, and, and, and Steve Steiner has also reached out as well and, and just been a really good guy. So I, I want to appreciate the folks at Lion Country Supply um garmin you know guys i i swear by them i really do um and i just i'm just not gonna put none like that on my dog's neck that, that i don't trust and and that i don't have 100 full faith in so anyway guys i can go on all day i hope you guys have enjoyed all 100 of these episodes um i look forward to to rocking out with y'all again um if you guys have any questions uh, suggestions. I know the dialogue on, on the Farrell Miller section was a little funky today. Um, I wish that I could have cleaned it up a lot better, but considering the circumstances, um, I want to thank Farrell Miller and, and Harold Ray and Bud Moore. You know, that day that I got a chance to interview them was super, super, super special. Um, my idols, you know, Neil Carter, Curtis Brooks, all of these guys, man, I really look up to, to all five of those gentlemen that I, that I uh, mentioned. You know, Paul Cook, Joe Plody, Lauren Gwen, like three friends that I talk to often. I mean, very, 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 very often. Um, and, and most, you know, most definitely and last but not least, um, Project Upland, man. <laughs> Project Upland and the Northwoods Collective, all the, the whole gang, the whole team. Um, I'm looking forward to just being further involved in, in continuing to write um i just finished the second part of the pointer history article so that should be published pretty soon guys so um you know and and then the the two historians that i that i uh have gotten to know steeple bell um he's coming up on the next episode and uh um craig Koshik, two gentlemen that have two different styles of 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 doing research but have just impacted so much of what it is that I know and, and been great friends and had many, many conversations. So with that being said, guys, um, that's the 100th episode of the Gundog Notebook podcast. And I look forward to another hundred and many, many more years down the line. Thank you so much and stay tuned next week.